guys, it's Meg. What's up? What's poppin'? Welcome to the podcast! Most days, some of us will drink a cup of tea. But where does tea come from? And this episode was not inspired by TikTok for once, but actually because last season, season 5, episode 10, we did a whole episode on coffee, and I thought it was cool. I thought it was interesting. I had some fun facts for y'all, so I decided to do one on tea. And the first source, which I think honestly is like the main source we used, is from tea.co.uk, which is the UK Tea and Infusions Association, because everything these days has an association. We've already covered this in the past, but I thought it was so cool. On this website, they actually had a tea consumed in the UK counter on the top corner. I want to know how they know that. That is like, it blows my mind. But we're going to start. And this is what this website says. So I'm sorry if I got my facts wrong. But some of the other websites I looked at also said the same information. So legend says in 2737 BC, Chinese emperor Shen Nan was sitting under a tree while his servant boiled drinking water. The leaves from the tree then fell into the water and he decided to try it, which comes from the Camellia census tree. Definitely not pronouncing that right. But there has been tea containers in tombs dating back to the Han Dynasty from 206 BC to 220 AD and the Tang Dynasty from 618 to 906 AD. In the late 8th century, Lu Yu wrote the first book about tea called Cha Ching or Tea Classics. Japanese Buddhist monks traveled to China to study which introduced tea to Japan and helped create tea ceremonies. There's also the Silk Road that led the tea in other countries through trading. And I find this so interesting. At one point, tea was so expensive, it was considered a drink for the wealthy. I feel like it always ends up like that at some point. But Europe was skeptical about tea. Like similar to a coffee episode, if you go back and watch the coffee episode, they were skeptical about coffee to the point they had to get the Pope involved. But they were also skeptical about tea. But it is said the marriage of Charles II to Catherine of Braganza changed this because she was a Portuguese princess with a tea addiction and tea was super popular in Portugal. But we all know tea, well most of us learned this, I think, at least here in the US. Definitely in Massachusetts you learned this. But I bet you like in Europe is taught differently because you know history gets changed and morphed to benefit the person on the other side. We all know this. But tea tax got so bad in the 18th century that British people started smuggling an adulteration, the tea. It turned into this whole crime thing. This is such a fun fact to me. I find this so interesting. Like people were so passionate and like addicted to their tea. They started smuggling it. Literally, it is said that it started off as a small time illegal trade of selling a few pounds to close contacts. It then turned into, and I'm not even joking, this is literally what the website said, an organized crime network that was similar to criminal gangs. 7 million pounds were illegally smuggled in. Isn't that crazy? And it gets crazier. I love how we were talking about the history team. We got sidetracked in. But it is said that smuggled tea was not quality controlled, obviously. So leaves from other plants, leaves that were already brewed and dried, were added into it. And sometimes the color of these smuggled in teas was not convincing enough. So they used to add sheep poop or even poisonous carbon carbonate to make it look more like tea let that sink in people were so addicted to this that they literally were putting poop and poison into it i find that literally insane hey what's up it's editing meg 
And this is actually true. Apparently green tea was colored with highly toxic copper carbonate and lead chromate and black tea was colored with sheep poop, floor sweeping, and even black lead. Like they do not teach you this in school. At least not here. I did not learn this in school. That tea was that crazy. And I feel like we got very sidetracked because I feel like tea, there's definitely a whole part of tea that's over in Japan and in India. And I actually took a course in college called Japanese Art and Culture. And we did a whole lesson on tea ceremonies. It went so into detail. And I just don't feel like I'm the type of person to give out that information because I also don't want to be wrong. But tea houses, there's like an etiquette to it. There's certain dressing you have to wear to it. There's certain ways to prep, certain bowls to use, certain teas to use. It's literally so cool seeing this. And then they also build tea houses, which are literally like one small room that you go in and you sit on the floor by this table and drink the tea and discuss politics and you learn history. Literally similar to the origins of coffee houses. I'd like to make a quick note that tea houses were made way before coffee houses. I was just referring to the coffee episode we did last season where we talked about coffee houses, but apparently tea houses still exist in some countries today. It was also said on this website that the East India Company's monopoly on trade with China led to the tea growing in India. But who would I be as a Massachusetts citizen, native, Bostonian, almost Bostonian, if I did not talk about the Boston Tea Party? Because you can't talk about tea and the origins and tea houses and how important they are for the wealthy and the not for the wealthy if I don't talk about the Boston Tea Party. So this next source comes from history.com. So the Boston Tea Party was a political protest that happened December 16th, 1773 at Griffin's Wharf, which I always wanted to know why they decided to do it in the winter. Like, why? It's cold. There's snow. It's Massachusetts. What are you doing with your life? But anyways, the most famous line from this was taxation without representation. And they dumped 342 chests of tea imported by the British East India Company. And they did this because of the tax on tea. Taxation without representation. But I find that so funny. You know how bad it is that today, in 2023, people all over will make jokes about the Boston Tea Party. Like, I still hear jokes about people throwing tea in the harbor, and I just think that's wild. But of course, we have a podcast episode about a specific thing, so you know what that means? It's fun fact time! I should make a theme song for fun fact time, because we've been doing a lot of fun facts this season. The music you're about to hear, I actually made for a mock podcast episode for my podcast class back in college, and I always wanted to repurpose it. So this is going to be our new fun fact time music. So I hope you enjoy it. We're going to put something in here. Here's some fun fact times. Ready? Get ready for fun fact time. These facts come from Lipton.com, aka, yes, Lipton Tea. And here's 10 fun facts. Number one, Egypt is the largest market for tea in the Middle East and North Africa. Number two, it takes 2,000 tea leaves to make one pound of tea. Number three, tea was originally considered dangerous. French doctor in 1706 said most hot liquids and hot caffeinated drinks were dangerous medicines that would heat the inside of your body, resulting in death. Number four, some cultures add butter to their tea. Number five, tea is associated with weight loss. Number six, tea doesn't dehydrate you. Number seven, iced tea was invented by a British tea merchant named Richard Bletchenden as early as 1904. Number eight, 
tea absorbs moisture and can therefore be used to store items. Number nine, tea trees can grow super tall, as in 52 feet tall. And number 10, Lipton is the world's leading tea brand created by Thomas Lipton in 1871, who sold it at his grocery store named Lipton. You know, take number 10 with like a grain of salt because we did get these from Lipton, fun fact, so I think they're just low-key, like subtle flexing on us. But tea has so many health benefits. It's been proven, if you look it up, different teas are for different things. They're used to calm you, used to help with bloating, used to help with your immunity. It's used all over the world. It's used in different religions. Like many people will use tea in like Christianity and Catholicism and Hinduism and Buddhism and witchcraft even. Like it's just crazy how purposeful tea can be. Like you get a lot of purpose out of tea. You can put it in like your skincare, everything. It's everywhere and anywhere. So the next morning or next day that you're deciding to make yourself a cup of tea or buying yourself a cup of tea just now, People have been doing it for literal centuries and centuries. It has a lot of good health benefits and we're probably not gonna stop drinking tea anytime soon. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Hey Guys, It's Meg. You can follow Hey Guys, It's Meg underscore podcast on Instagram for updates and good times. Come back next Monday where we talk about national days, all the national days, because tell me why every day is a different type of national day. It blows my mind. I'll see you on the flip side. Peace out, Girl Scouts.